Well, sporting events will bring out 2,000 people to one place on a Friday night. Circuses will bring out 2,000 people to one place on a Friday night. Monster jams will bring out 2,000 people to one place on a Friday night. Biblical scholars will not bring out 2,000 people to one place on a Friday night, except for a few weeks ago at Roanoke College. Now, who in here had, who in the Roanoke Valley, very few had ever heard of N.T. Wright, Bishop N.T. Wright from Durham, England, spoke at the Bast Center at Roanoke College. And I don't, because few people had heard of Wright, I don't think people would have been there were it not for the title of his lecture. The title of his lecture was, Did Jesus Really Rise from the Dead? For over a century now, we have lived in a scientific age, so we want proof of everything. We have scientific research, we have political polls, we have market research, we want numbers, we want proof. 2,000 people came out on a Friday night to one place to hear a biblical scholar to see whether Bishop Wright could prove that Jesus really had risen from the dead. Now, along the way to his conclusion, Bishop Wright pointed out that the empty tomb and the viewings of Jesus that Easter Sunday and a few days thereafter needed to be taken together. He said the empty tomb by itself is not enough to prove that Jesus was raised from the dead. And the viewings of Jesus by the disciples and others in those coming days was not enough by itself to prove that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. He said the early disciples had to see both the empty tomb and Jesus to believe. And in believing their lives were transformed. That first Easter Sunday, though, started not with belief, but with uncertainty and with fear. When Mary Magdalene arrived at Jesus' tomb, like a cave hewn out of a rock wall, the stone that had kept death inside had been moved aside. Mary didn't stick around when she saw that. She had no idea what could have happened. She ran for reinforcements. So she tells Peter and the unnamed disciple whom Jesus loved, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. The two men take off running to see for themselves. Like us, they want proof. When they arrive, they dare to peek inside. The tomb wasn't completely empty. There were symbols of death inside. The linens that had wrapped Jesus' dead body were lying there, but Jesus' body was missing. So they didn't know 
what had happened. And this was too much for them to handle, so they returned to their homes. Maybe they had to sit down and talk this over over a cup of coffee. Maybe they needed some time to think. We don't see them going to tell the other disciples or seeking out the Joseph who had had the the cave or the tomb set for Jesus. They don't go to the temple to pray. They return to their homes. That's all they could muster. Sometimes that's all we can do. When we don't know what else to do, we return to our homes. There we find security. We can find a doorknob or a light switch in the dark. We find people who know us and whom we know. We rarely find mystery in our homes. So in our enlightened era, let's go home, right? Let's go home. It's safe. But no, let's not go home. Let's stay at the mysterious empty tomb. And because we don't know what else to do, like Mary, let us stay and cry there. It is into our moments of deepest uncertainty and doubt and grief that Christ appears, sometimes in surprising, unexpected ways. David Maines, the director of chapel ministries, was sitting in a dental chair when his orthodontist asked David if he would go with him to see a movie. He said, I've seen this film five times already, and each time I break down and weep at the same part of the story. I'm hoping you can help me understand why that scene in the movie makes me cry. Well, I imagine David's first response was, ah. But then he said, sure, what movie is it? And his orthodontist replied, Terminator 2 with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, they went to the movie. They sat, sat together through it and The same thing happened. The orthodontist broke down in tears like he had five other times. And it happened in the scene where the Terminator gave his life to save the life of a child. So over coffee, after the film, the two men talked. And while they talked, the orthodontist hinted at an inner longing for a father's love. David identified the symbol of sacrificial love so poignantly displayed in the movie as a picture of God's love. I believe that's what you're looking for, David said. Your tears are proof of that. The orthodontist agreed. And together they bowed their heads in prayer, and a middle-aged orthodontist received forgiveness and love of a heavenly father. Well, our tears can tell us a lot about what's happening inside of us. 
And it's not always due to pain. For me, certain songs make me cry. Praying makes me cry. Seeing my kids love on their daddy makes me cry. At times, it's helpful to have an interpreter for our tears. The spirit of that orthodontist was was feeling a void. And his friend, David, was able to help him see what would fill that void. Mary's tears outside of that tomb bespoke feelings of such grief and loss that she could only see what she expected to see. When a man in the cemetery asked why she was weeping, she could only see in him what she expected to see, a worker, no one she knew. And yet John tells us that Mary saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Too often we see things as we think they are, not as they could be. Mary was seeing with the teary eyes of reason, not with the eyes of faith. Life to Mary still felt hopeless and dry. She had not yet gained her Easter eyes. My sister Lee and her family live in Hungary. And Lee describes the spirit of the Hungarians in meteorological terms, cold and foggy. One of her Hungarian friends translated an ironic joke about Hungarians, which goes like this. Um, It was translated, so you'll hear that. There are three big kettles in the hell. There are two guards standing at the first kettle. Why are they standing there? A man asked. There are French people inside who want to climb out and guards push them back. Why is there only one guard standing at the second one? There are English people inside. They also want to escape, but not as intensively as the French ones. But why is there no guard at the third one? Because there are Hungarians inside and they pull back each other. That's an image of hopelessness. But there's a more positive side. And this story about Charles Ellis struck me as very positive. He describes himself as a tremendous sports fan. And so while he's working or doing something else, if there are sports events on the television, he'll videotape them so that he can, of course, watch them later. When it's time then to sit in the easy chair and view the tape, unlike most people, he doesn't rewind it to the beginning of the event to view it. Instead, he rewinds it to the climax to discover who won and who lost. If his team lost, he'll put the tape away. But if his team won, he'll rewind it all the way back to the beginning, get out some snacks, and sit down for the whole game. Now, some people have told him that this method can't be much fun. But he says on the contrary. 
No matter how bad things look for his team, he doesn't have to worry because he knows the end of the story. And he relates this. He gives us a spiritual bent when he says that that's how we ought to think about what Jesus did for us on the cross. That we ought to have a VCR mentality. No matter how bad things look, we don't have to worry because we know the end of the story. The end of the story is not death. God wins. Though we have no idea what happened inside that tomb, something major did. And there then only those symbols of death, those linen wrappings remained inside. So what about your tomb A tomb for us can symbolize the things that we want to die. The grudges we harbor, the feelings of unrequited love, the regrets over past.
need to hear your story. God of love and God of forgiveness, you challenge us again. us, not only by us, but by all those whom we encounter. Guide us, O God, through the spirit of your risen Christ and ours. Amen.